Welcome to the Reproject Podcast channel. Our mission is to rethink, reskill, redesign the future of work for social scientists. Hello, my name is Eric Frasco, and I'm the chief editor at the RE Project. The RE Project has partnered with the Women in International Affairs Network to create a podcast interview series about the career experiences of women from the international development and humanitarian sectors. They will be sharing their experience about the obstacles they face, how they overcame them, and advice for other women in the field. Recent events in the U.S. and around the world, such as Me Too and Black Lives Matter movements, have shed a light on a number of issues concerning race, prejudice, gender, and social inclusion. To talk about these issues, allow my guests to introduce themselves. My name is Izum Watinere from Nigeria. I'm a girl child advocate, super volunteer, and I'm so passionate about raising young girls and youth on how to create jobs for themselves rather than seeking for jobs. So I do work in rural communities and slum areas where the youth, they are mostly women. They are stereotyped. They know all these communities that they don't value education for women. And so I do work in those areas here to raise women to build their confidence to build their self-esteem that's about myself for now whatever i can say thank you i think that we can start so the first question would be what is your personal experience and stance on diversity within the international affairs and development sectors and do you feel that there's still a significant issue and barrier, particularly for women or women of color. There's anything specific to Nigeria? There is. You know, like I said before, the area where I work, all this, um, this rural committee, they do all this gender equality. There's this project I'm doing on now with the girls in the rural community. But there's this one particular girl that the, she was forced into early marriage because that's their culture that women are meant to marry early. They don't train women in school because they believe that once a woman gets married, that the woman can now tell the husband to help the family. That training the woman is a waste of resources. I understand? Mm. So this case now is what's here. We are handling I'm handling the case now. So what I'm doing now is I'm doing something like a sensitization program to secondary schools and you know in this area of COVID-19 when during the school lockdown you know most women most girls they, they couldn't come back to school right. because they have been married out years yes, they couldn't come back to school so what we are doing now is those students who are at the verge of dropping out so the social fee they pay there is not that much so we don't train them on maybe some we pay their school fees to see that they are in school. Right. So in Nigeria, yeah, we do have that ki- that case of inequality among women, especially girls. Yeah. Did you face these similar obstacles when you were in school and growing up? And do you think that a lot of these issues in Nigeria or just in the development sector in general, do you think those are still barriers for you now or that women are still disadvantaged career-wise? Yeah, you know me, I do experience that kind of obstacle. That was when I was still in the university, in my high school. They do believe that uh, as a girl, 
you are not meant to be the head or to be the prefect in your class. They just reserve that position for for male only. Understand? But we are doing something to change that mindset because in some communities, it's their culture. Do you think that's the biggest obstacle, or do you think there's more? Just like these cultural norms, or do you think that it's also very much institutionalized now in in the field that you work, or just in the university culture or in education? Where do you think the problem really sits? But though you know, some we have some development experts that are working towards it to see that they eliminate. Though you know that since it's a cultural norm, we can't just rather we reduce the amount as in how it affects women. Because right. to change all these questions is a very difficult task. It's not something that you just do within ten years, or it takes time. But yeah, we are we are doing something. So, like in most communities, the communities they are traditional leaders and. They are, they are doing something to see that, yes, that all these cultural norms, that they can put an end to it. How is the, the sort of relationship between organizations like the ones that you work in, which are very like local or community-based, and relationship with you know, these outside organizations or Western organizations? Because there's quite a new prioritization on equitable partnerships and these sort of ideas and kind of eliminating the very internal relationship that a lot of development organizations have maintained in the past with local organizations. Do you think that has changed at all? Do you think that's improved? Or do you think that being a local Nigerian professional in, in development has still put you at a disadvantage or they treat you differently? Or what's been your experience in that sense? It has improved. You know, yeah, I work with an NGO, though it's a local NGO, mm-hmm. community-based NGO, yeah. Like I said earlier, there's a project here we have at hand now, but it's based on, on all these rural girls. You know, um, on Sunday, preferably, is 11th October, which is meant to be uh, the international day of a girl child. So we are this we are launching this club for girls. We are they will build their self-esteem and to see that yes, that that as a woman you have a lot, you have a lot to contribute, that women are inclusive in decision making and so yes, it has we have reduced the something and is on the increase now. We have we are doing something, yeah. The NGOs and the situation has improved. The, the rate is, is still on a, on a decrease. Right. Yeah. Do you think some of these other issues with like Western development organizations in particular have improved things that have come up particularly recently, but I mean, historically have been issues like white saviorism that is really prevalent, especially in a lot of the INGOs or gender and racial discrimination issues, sexual exploitation issues that have come up. Um, particularly in the last few years with a lot of the Me Too and Black Lives Matter movements putting a lot of pressure on these organizations to actually reform. Have you seen these type of things change as well? Is anything improving or is it still something that is a big issue in Nigeria? still have something to do. You know, most NGOs, okay, yeah, it has improved, but even though it has improved, yeah, there's still a lot of work to do here in Nigeria. But though the situation has improved, but still... There are some issues that also need to be tackled.
major issues here is um this uh, education for girls using the gender equality. most education the number of girls that are in school are on the decrease that girls don't normally go to school because and assigning more roles to women to be inclusive so as to you know once a woman is empowered you mm-hmm. now empower other people yeah women needs to be empowered to make them inclusive in the society Speaking mm-hmm. to the development sector in Nigeria, but in general, more specifically, what do you think the areas of improvement are to ensure that there's more equitable outcomes for, for women in these sectors? Main question is, what, what do you think can improve in Nigeria and in this sector more broadly for women to move further in, in their careers? And it's um, use of technology. You know, we are now in a digital economy most of the same like so i think and i do believe that once that they include that use of technology you know using this tab tablet for kids for girls they can go in online to learn and so i believe this the use of technology and i think that needs to be improved especially for these rural girls do you think that there's any institutional barriers that are preventing women from succeeding like in the international affairs or, or development sectors? Yeah, yeah. These traditional institutions, I mean, cultural norms, they are still preventing a lot of women from reaching their potentials. Is there any advice, especially during the whole COVID-19 crisis that you would give to women um, that are in a similar situation as you just beginning their careers in the international affairs or, or development sector? I will give them the advice that really worked for me. Going through social media platform and because it was through this uh, social media platform that I was able to acquire most of my skills, the skills I have now. I was not taught that in the university. So most of the skills I have now is through social media, the use of technology. I do study online courses like the one I did with Acumen and the rest of them. So that's what we have now. The advice I'll give to women that women that are still in the entry level, I will give them. I'll just tell them to they should just go for these online courses. You know, it's not everything that you be taught. At times, like my own, no, it's too selfless. Most of the things I knew now, I did it myself. I do go on YouTube, study like mm. website designing, how to create a website, um, graphic design, and most of the things that you see me morning now, it's too selfless. I did it myself because I do go online, search for courses, study them, read them, be serious with them. And even this, um, what is it called again? Um, um, programming language, how to code. I do what I'm doing for children in my area now. It's true coding. I do, I, and that's coding. I was not taught that in the university. I got it online. Yes, like I told, this COVID-19 really taught me a lot. Before COVID-19, what I used to do, like I said, I'm a super volunteer. I do volunteer organizations because it's true volunteering. It's, it's when you assign someone that you are also serving. So it's true volunteering that, yes, I get most of like how to write for grants, project management, community mobilization. Yeah, that I got it through volunteer. Everything is not about money. At times you need to give out and get what you want. 
So I'll advise them, yeah, you should go online, search for courses, study them, read them, and if need be, you should volunteer with organizations. Because through volunteer, you get a lot of skills that will help you in your career. That's great. Is there any specific programs or websites or, or anything that you recommend in particular? We have different online courses. You know, the Acumen, Acumen, they do offer a lot of online courses. The Coursera, the Edis, there are many of them. Most of the things hmm. are on YouTube. Yeah, they're on YouTube. You can just type what you want and the whole thing will show. Then you can go register for it. Yes, it consumes a lot of data, but you need to sacrifice something <laughs> to really get. Yes, yes. I do, tell, I do tell my friends, you need to give out. Sacrifice that your data. Yeah. I used to subscribe almost every day, every day. Because I know I'm looking for something. I need to get something. And I know that this thing will help me in my career. And it's this that has been helping me in my career. So that's it. I have a lot of resources online. Acumen is a good Acumen. They offer, like, this is storytelling, graphic design. They, they offer a lot of courses online. So I recommend Acumen and Coursera. That's great advice. If there's anything else you'd like to add? The whole thing was clear to me. I, I understood each and every question you asked. Thank you very much for your time, and uh, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for the privilege to talk to you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this podcast. Don't forget to follow us at The Reproject on LinkedIn and find out more about WIAN at wianetwork.com. Thank you.